Greetings, everyone. This is Julio Alvarado Jr. again, your host for my God in You podcast and YouTube channel. This episode is a follow-up to the very brief episode that I did prior to this recording, which was titled, Jesus Was a Father Impersonator. Now, uh, a little side note, I want to thank you, uh, those of you who sent me messages through email primarily, for those of you who are on my uh, list uh, through my website, uh, who sent me just, you know, interesting and encouraging comments and how that topic or that little brief uh, video that I recorded regarding Jesus being a father in person, how it blessed your life and how you're looking forward to, uh, to hearing more about it. So of course, this is the follow-up video that I promised that I would do uh, after that. But I wanted to ex briefly explain what I mean the, by Jesus was a father impersonator. Now, of course, in that episode, I share with you numerous verses, primarily from the book of John, where Jesus made statements like, as I hear my father speak, I speak. As I see him do, I do likewise. Now, the interesting thing about that is that we also have some uh, documentation in another place of scripture, which is actually talking about the same experience, primarily in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1. And in that verse, it says, therefore, be followers of God as dear children. Now, that word followers there, if you look at a very uh, basic Strong's Concordance uh, research uh, resource, you'll find out that it, that word followers there means to mimic or to imitate, to be an imitator of God or to mimic God. In other words, to impersonate him. Now, of course, uh, for those of you who, you know, follow the, the history of who wrote what book and the scriptures and all that, well, a lot of people believe that, that, that Paul was the one that was responsible for writing the book of Ephesians to the church in Ephesus. And uh, some people don't believe that, but it makes sense that Paul would do so because Paul began to write all these interesting books that were letters that we have in the New Testament after he learned to imitate God through his own life versus imitating the other fathers or the other teachers, in other words, the other humans that he talked about in the book of Galatians. And that's a whole different subject right there. But the point that I want to get across here to, uh, with you on, the, on this note is that there is more than one place in the scriptures where it talks about this mimicking or impersonating God process. Uh, and just to kind of let the cat out of the bag a little bit here, I'm going to be sharing more about that primarily from a recording in the book of Matthew chapter 11 to kind of expound on what Jesus meant about what it means to take on his yoke and how his burden is light and easy and all this very interesting stuff. And of course, what we're going to be doing through that revelational study of understanding of how Jesus was able to impersonate God through what he heard and learned through his mind was through this process of what the Bible refers to as yoking or taking on the yoke of your teacher. So this is actually what qualified Jesus to do this is that he was yoked to God as a God. Let me say that again. He was yoked to God as a God. He was yoked to God, the Most High, in other words, the Father, but as an offspring of God, in other words, lowercase g. And this is something that we also as human beings also can experience because the reality, according to scripture, which I'm going to share with you here in a couple of slides here, the Bible refers to human beings as gods. But again, 
very important, lowercase g. I'm not talking about capital G. So let's not get it twisted, all right? So let's talk about this for a little while. Now, for those of you who've been following me, who have been learning from me, who've been reading my books and watching my video, I make this comment all the time about when you position yourself to, to hear and learn from God, what you're doing is you're positioning your body to be God's educational temple. You're positioning your soul, which we're gonna talk about in the next episode, by the way, as being the classroom of God. And in that process, what you're actually doing is actually you're posturing your spirit to be a student of the Spirit of God. And this is exactly what Jesus was doing in his morning prayer sessions. Remember, Jesus' prayer sessions were educational, morning by morning. The Lord awakens me. He awakens my ear to hear as to learn. Remember, Isaiah chapter 50, verse 4, the latter part of that verse, which we're going to explore a little bit more in depth in these upcoming episodes, a little bit more than what we've been doing so far. So trust me, hang around. You want to, you're going to get blessed by some of this knowledge I'm going to be sharing with you. So I said all of that to say this in this introduction is, is that one of the main reasons why a lot of people struggle with learning to hear the voice of God and practicing and disciplining themselves to experience it and to actually yoke themselves to God, just like Jesus experienced as a human being, in order for God to reveal and teach his will for every important aspect and every season of a person's life is because most people don't believe, and I'm talking about believers, that they are a God. Again, lowercase g. This is part of the struggle. So if you have the Spirit of God within you, well, that classifies you as a God. In other words, if you have the Spirit of God living within you, giving you breath, in other words, he's talking about this as a kingdom of God that is within you, by the way, another extension of that, which again, in a future episode, we're going to actually connect the kingdom of God to all these little things that I'm going to be sharing with you to kind of just give you a broader understanding of not just who you are, but what you are, but also what you should be experiencing within your mind, because you and I too, or also should be getting our ear awakened to hear as to learn in our prayer sessions with God. And so if we're not experiencing that, then it's possible that we've never even given some thought to, as would happen to me, that maybe it's because I'm not functioning according to the divinity that God created me to experience. Let's take a look at this. Now, I posted this, this is just a, a meme that I posted that uh, I created in some of the groups that I belong to, where I go into and I learn and I share some of the knowledge that I teach. And, and uh, again, I learn from other teachers and things like that. Well, the topic came up is our humans gods, you know, and Genesis chapter one, verses 26 through 27, Genesis chapter three, verse five, Psalms 82 and six. And of course, John chapter 10, verse 34, out of the mouth of Jesus, they all speak about this process and we're going to delve into these verses primarily um, in Genesis and the book of Psalms but the the, the, the core of, of this subject of, of whether or not humans are God are actually can be answered in one verse you know and that's in Psalms chapter 82 verse 6 where this is God speaking to the prophet Isaiah and he inspired him to write says I said you are God's. Now, this is God speaking. So if God says it, then why is it that some of us struggle not just to believe it, but more importantly, why is it that some of us struggle to actually live it? And the reason or the answer for that is because this whole iniquity thing that you hear me talk about 
and teach about and of course I've written a book about the topic. Iniquity will actually cause you to mismanage your mind. Remember what the original purpose that God created the human mind is to experience him as an encouraging, guiding and teaching spirit for every again every facet and every season of your life. So if you're not experiencing that, especially in your prayer time, then iniquity, I guarantee you, is unfortunately affecting your prayer life. Now, but getting back to the whole topic about gods, are we gods? Let's examine some of these verses. Now, of course, the genesis of this is found in Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 and 27. And this is when, again, God speaking, and it goes this way. Then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. And in verse 27, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female, he created them. Now let's look at some of the definitive root word perspective understandings so of some key words here so that we can have a better understanding of what these two verses are truly teaching. And that is this. The word image is a Hebraic word, salem. And you'll see there that it's defined as a representation of an original. So when God said, let us make man in our image, let us make man, male and female, as a representation of an original. And of course, what is the original? Well, that's God or the Father himself, right? Now look at the word likeness, which is simply is, is the word demuth and is simply defined as similar. So when God created mankind, he created him similar to him and also a representation of the original. Well, how did he do this? Well, the, the, the answer is actually found in this other verse or this other word that we're gonna uh, uh, expound on, and that's the Hebraic word bara for the word created. So when it says he created him male and female, that word created, Hebraic word bara, means the feeling of life and the image of God. And what is the image of God that we are filled with? Well. There's the Spirit of God. So in other words, if you have the Spirit of God within you, then that classifies you as a God. Now, I'm going to give you my take on this. I believe all human beings are this that I'm explaining to you. Now, whether or not we believe it or whether or not we experience, of course, that's a whole different topic. But the reality is, is that if you have breath inside your being, then you are a living creation or a living creature or a living creation of God. It doesn't say here if the person's filled with the Holy Spirit. It doesn't say here if they get baptized. It doesn't say if they go to church or they pay tithe. It doesn't say this. In the beginning, when God created man in his likeness and in his image, right, and he created them, he created them for the purpose of being a representation of him, to be like him. And the only way that I've personally experienced how this can actually be true is by virtue of his spirit within me. That's what makes me God-like. Now, so again, smaller G. I'm not talking about capital G. And the reason why I'm saying that is because of the explanation of this next slide. Let's look at that quote that I gave you in the beginning part of this episode. Psalms chapter 82, verse 6 says this way. I said, and again, this is God speaking, you are God's and, and all of you are children of the Most High. That word children there was a Hebraic word, bane, and it's actually an offspring, meaning a male and female. Well, most believers believe that they're that, but they have struggled with believing the next word definition I'm going to share with you, where it says you are God's. The word God's there is the word Elohim, 
and it's a plural of 433. Let me click quickly jump down to this next bullet point that you see here. What does it mean, plural of 433? H433 in your study resources, when you look that up, you'll find out it's the word Eloah. And it actually means to be a deity. And what is a deity? A deity is a divine or supernatural being. Again, a deity is a divine or supernatural being. So when God says you are gods, according to the Browns Driver Briggs, Hebrew definitions, what he's saying is that we are divine ones and we are God-like. And this is God and goddesses. Remember, male and female female. So when I, when I say the word goddess, I'm talking about the female gender. When I talk about God, I'm talking about the male gender, but it all falls under the fact that we're all gods. So male and female. Now this is where it gets interesting. And this is going to be the genesis of some future episodes that I'm going to be sharing with you concerning some deeper insights about learning to hear the voice of God and learning to posture your spirit, to be yoked with God so that you can learn from God for every season and for every facet of your life. And that is because of this definition from the ancient Hebraic lexicon of the Bible. God's there is defined as a deity who yokes with another to experience the power of one who teaches. Let me repeat that. A deity who yokes with another to experience the power of one who teaches. So, to function as a God, evidently we must connect to this other supreme deity, and he's the one who teaches according to this definition. Now, again, it's important that we understand that there is, we are God's smaller case G, and there is a God with a capital G, in other words, uppercase G, and that's because of this phrase, most high, which is a Hebraic word, Ilyon, and it simply means the supreme being. So, and this is one of the stigmas that we have in Christianity is like, we're not gods. And, you know, the other day I was having a conversation with some people on, uh, in one of these groups, in one of these chats, and they were saying that I was disrespecting God because I was saying that we're, we as human beings are gods. And I'm like, disrespecting gods? But wait a minute. And I was sharing with them verses of scripture. I will show me verses of scripture. That was the response. And so I'm sharing with them and these definitions that I'm sharing with you. Well, guess what? They went silent on me. One person actually deleted the whole thread that they were challenging me on. And, you know, I don't go into these groups to debate or to fight. I just simply go in there to share this knowledge that has come across my wires that has helped me to improve my walk, to improve my relationship with God. And I'm taking these scriptures for full face value because this, I know this is what I am. I know I'm a creation of God. And because of that, I know that I'm a God. And again, I must continue to stress, lowercase g, okay? So let's not get it twisted. So because of all this, let me make this statement, because this is important to understand, it is that it's, it's common for Christians to acknowledge themselves as children of God. However, many fail to fully embrace the reality of actually being a God, and because of that, much less functioning as one. To function as a God, you must learn how to discern God's voice, in other words, his thoughts within your mind. Then take this experience further by posturing your spirit as God's student, by yoking yourself to his guidance and teachings within your mind. Remember, this is how Jesus experiences prayer time. 
morning by morning, the Lord awakens me, awakens my ear to hear as to learn. Later on in a subsequent episode, I'm going to share with you some deeper insight as to why that verse or that word ear, I should say, why it's singular, not plural. So stay tuned for that. Now, let's take this process a little bit further. Now, in John chapter 5, verse 18, I've already mentioned it in the opening of this episode that, um, you know, there were certain people that had religious issues with Jesus and, and for different reasons, of course, uh, and mainly because they were, he was teaching a doctrine that was different from theirs. And remember, all of his doctrine, everything that he taught came from him hearing and seeing this stuff within his own mind, right? And this is one of the challenges that they had with him besides this one. And that one was, and they were always looking, because of this, they were always looking to find fault with him. Well, in John chapter 5, verse 18, they were doing some of this. Therefore, the Jews sought the more to kill him because he not only had broken the Sabbath, but also said that God was his father, making himself equal with God. Notice that God was his father, making himself equal with God. He didn't say he was God. He made himself equal. To be, he was claiming to be equal with God. That's the reason why I have the word with here highlighted. Notice, again, he didn't say that he was God. He said he was equal with God. See, Jesus knew that he was a part of that Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 to 27 process. He was made in the image and likeness of God. God created him, right? That, remember that but uh, he filled him with life, but he also filled him with his presence. And again, this is something that we all have access to if you believe that you have the Holy Spirit or God's Spirit within you, giving you life. We see the same experience being recorded in Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 and 6, where it says, Let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God. Now, here we go again, equal with God. And Jesus was a form of God as we are a form or an expression or remember an extension of God is one of the phrases that I like to use when it comes to understanding of why and who and what we really are in terms of our created being. Now, that phrase, let this mind, simply defined as the Greek word phroneo. And I'm, I know I'm not pronouncing these Greek and Hebrew words right, you know, but this is the, the closest I can get simply means to exercise the mind, to be of the same mind. For those of you who watch my video called The Mind of God Within Your Mind, I expound on that verse about what the mind means from uh, let this renewing of your mind, Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, and how it connects to this word mind, which actually, interesting, have different definitions. But when you put them together, it will blow you away. And so again, if you haven't seen that episode, I highly encourage you to watch that episode. It's called the mind of God within your mind. It's, you'll see that in my YouTube channel. Now, the word form is this Greek word morph, and it simply means to be to have a God-like nature. So again, if you have the Spirit of God within you, that's what makes you God-like. Now, what's interesting about that word form, when you translate it from its Greek to Hebrew, it now becomes this word salem that we've already reviewed from Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. And remember, it's a representation of an original. It's not the original. Remember, there's the most high, and then there's everybody else. 
Now let's look at this word equal with God. This phrase equal with God is this Greek word isos, and it simply means to be of the same kind. Again, a representation of the original. Now, when you translate that word from its Greek to Hebrew, it becomes this Hebraic word, ekad, and it means a uniting together. Interesting. So in other words, when Jesus was saying, and he was talking about how he was equal and demonstrating with people that he was equal with God, it was because he was united together with God. That's what made him, not, not just the fact that he had, he was a, 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 had the Spirit of God, but what made him live out that equal with God was the fact that he was being taught by God. In other words, he was yoked to God, one deity teaching the other. Let's go back to that. Let me repeat that for you. Going back to that definition for the word gods, a deity who yokes with another to experience the power of one who teaches. Remember, morning by morning, the Lord was awakening his ear to hear as to learn. So this is the reason why in these two recordings that we have in the book of John and the book of Philippians concerning Jesus being equal with God, that he classed, he could, he could freely say that because he was being taught by God. And this is something that we too should not be ashamed to say. I no longer believe that it's a robbery for me to be equal with God because now I'm living my life similar to how Jesus was living his in the, in, the, in the sense or in the fact and in the practice of me learning how to hear the voice of God and experiencing the same thing, the educational experience that Jesus experienced with God as a human being. In other words, every day that I posture myself, primarily in this little corner here, and I'll show you this where I do my thing now uh, with God, is that morning by morning, the Lord awakens Julio and he awakens Julio's ear to hear as to learn. Again, more content regarding how to discern the voice of God and how to position your spirit to be yoked to God, to, to, to talk in one ear, by the way. And this is why I'm kind of letting the cat out of the hat here, out of the bag, I should say, in that there's a reason why the word ear was mentioned singular that I mentioned before. In other words, when you have someone teaching you that is alongside of you, what are they doing? They're talking into your ear. And this is what happens spiritually speaking and spiritually experiencing when you learn to discern the voice of God for the primary purpose to learn from Him regarding His will for every facet of your life. Now, the reality is, is that in Christendom today, there is a great robbery that is happening. In other words, in many Christian circles, they don't teach you that you're a God. They'll teach you that you're a child of God, but they won't teach you that you are a God. Again, lowercase g. And remember from my prior episodes, I've shared with you, that's the reason why I have my logo with the big G, capital G, the most high, being in the lowercase g. In other words, that's you and I. That's Psalms 82 and 6, by the way. That's where I got the idea to create that design for my podcast and my YouTube channel. So on the topic of robbery, the greatest robbery that humans experience is not a loss of finances or material possessions, but rather the failure to understand the original purpose for which God created the human mind. And that is, again, to experience Him as an encouraging, guiding, and teaching spirit for every facet of your life. We often neglect to exercise our minds to discern and learn from God, which is ultimately the key to impersonating him 
according to his will for every facet and for every season of our lives. And again, the primary reason why this is not taught in many spiritual religious environments, i.e. primarily in churches, is because of iniquity. Again, it's about mismanaged ministry. In other words, what they should only be teaching you in a church setting is simply how to hear the voice of God for your own life. And then God can teach you whatever it is that you want to learn or he wants you to believe or he wants you to fulfill, of course. Does that make sense? Who would you rather get your doctrine from concerning the will of God for your life? Would you rather get it from another human being or from God himself? I think the answer is pretty obvious. The other thing that I want to kind of toss in this little bucket of curiosity when it comes to these things that I'm sharing with you is the church is not all primarily at fault for the iniquity factor. Really, iniquity begins in the homes. In other words, when you have mismanaged homes also, then you have mismanaged lives. And by mismanaged homes, I'm talking about not fulfilling what Proverbs chapter 22, verse 6 teaches. Train up a child in the way that he should go. By the way, that word he here is the him, the male and female that we talked about in Psalm chapter 1. Um, concerning verses 26 and 27, concerning the word bara and all the other definitions that, that I share with you, train up a child in the way that he should go, that he is reference to your spirit. So when your spirit is older or more mature, it will not depart from it. And what, and what is the way that we should have been taught in our homes to go? And that is within our minds to experience God as a teaching spirit for every area of our lives. If we were disciplined as children to, to, to be taught how to do that, then we are, when we are older, then it's, the chances are very unlikely that we will depart from that way because we're always going to be getting guidance and encouragement and instruction from God as to how to live our lives according to His will, depending on the importance of, of an area, depending on what season we're in. In other words, God has something to say and teach for every facet and every season of your life. You know, I, I talk about this all the time as a humorous point, but it's true. God has the gift of gab. By gab, gab, G-A-B, I mean he loves to talk, but he does his best talking when he's positioned within our minds to be a teaching spirit. That's when God does his best talking. So because of all of this, I want to encourage you to stay put with me for a while, to follow me, to, if you haven't done so already, I highly encourage you to uh, subscribe to my website, to subscribe to my YouTube channel, to subscribe or to my podcast, and especially on YouTube, make sure that you hit the all notification button because you don't want to miss these upcoming episodes that I'm about to launch. Where in the next episode, what I'm going to do is give you an introduction to now the all new Teach the Teacher 2.0 version of a meditation slash prayer course that I'm going to be sharing with you now in Teach the Teacher 1.0. In other words, the, the, the 12 curriculum free lessons that I already have on YouTube and podcast channels, those all come from the foundation of the Our Father prayer, or the Lord's prayer that Jesus taught. And in there, I expound on all these different words, what the heavens means. And by the way, remember, in the opening uh, uh, teaching of that lesson, Jesus says, Our Father who art in heaven. Right now, our father means that Jesus was saying, in other words, where I came from, you came from too. And remember, he's talking about spiritually speaking. He's talking about the fact that we're all gods, lowercase g again. Okay. So all of that to say that 
in this, these next few episodes, I'm going to be sharing some insights into what this whole yoking process is. How can we as divine beings yoke ourselves to the supreme divine being? Again, more insights that I'm going to be sharing with you in subsequent episodes. And I'm going to begin by doing this by sharing with you from Matthew chapter 11, where Jesus is actually teaching about this yoking experience. But because we keep reading in English, we don't understand it. And of course, what we're going to do is we're going to break it down with some definitive word perspectives. You know how we do it around here to, under, to give you an understanding that this is what Jesus was talking about. Jesus, in this chapter of Matthew chapter 11, he was teaching about how he was getting his education from God. And again, I'll expound on that in the next episode. So if you're struggling with hearing the voice of God for your life or haven't been taught to do so or want to improve your educational experience with God, perhaps you do hear the voice of God and yet you want to improve that experience. Well, trust me, you want to stay tuned to Teach the Teacher 2.0. What I'm going to be doing in, in, in that series is going to be I'm going to be expounding on this whole discernment process and how you can learn to discern the voice of God amongst the other voices, the other thought processes in your mind. Just like Jesus experienced as a human being, how you can not just discern the voice of God, but also how you should. And I highly encourage you to think about this, how, should, how you should now posture or take that experience and actually go to school with God. I'll be talking more about that, of course, in the subsequent episodes. Because truth, the reality is that if you're not positioning yourself to hear and learn from God almost on a daily basis, then how can you live out the will of God for that particular day if you haven't heard or learned what that will is. Doesn't that make sense? So I'm gonna be sharing a lot of these interesting things in, the, in this series. So again, if you're struggling with hearing the voice of God or you've never been taught, or maybe you're one of those that, that have been taught that the voice of God is the, is the Bible, well, I have a different perspective and experience regarding that. And by the way, in a future episode, we're gonna be sharing some insights regarding how even that belief, believing that the Bible is the voice of God is actually keeping people from actually hearing the voice of God, or in other words, the thought processes, the thought, the instructions from God within your minds through thoughts that are heard and that are also seen. So trust me, you want to stick around for this upcoming content and this knowledge that I want to share with you, because trust me, it's actually, if you practice this, if you do these things that I'm going to suggest that you do, if you study these things out for yourself, don't believe me, but actually practice them and actually study these things out for yourself, trust me you will definitely improve your relationship with God in ways that perhaps you have yet to experience. Now, closing thought, and that is this. Regarding God the Almighty, the Most High, it's said that He is omnipresent, meaning He's present everywhere, all present everywhere, that He's omnipotent, meaning that He's all-powerful, and that he's omniscient, meaning that he's all-knowing concerning all world matters. Remember, he's the most high. He's God the Almighty. Well, of course he is. Well, the reality is that we too, as God's lowercase g again, can experience an omnipresence, an omnipotence, and an omniscience of knowledge from God. And let me explain what I mean by that. In other words, when you position yourself, in other words, all present, in other words, when your consciousness is all present with the consciousness, in other words, the mind or the spirit of God within your mind, now you are all present there, right? And as a result, 
you're going you're gonna to actually experience God's all-knowing. In other words, his omniscience regarding every aspect of your life, which is also going to reveal his power, all his power. So we too can experience the omnipresence, the omnipotence, and the all-knowing from God himself. But the requirement is that we have to learn how to be all present with the presence of God within our minds. More on that in a future episode. So I pray and I hope that this, this episode at least caused you to be a little bit more curious on this whole thing about whether or not human beings are God or not. And of course, if you're one of those who don't believe in this, well, of course, I understand why you don't because I was taught not to believe in this either until I began to study this stuff out for myself. But more importantly is when I began to experience it is when things really began to move the needle for my life. You know, I've shared this before just briefly. I want to say this, that every aspect of my life, every season of my life for the last almost 14 years of my existence, since I began to learn to meditate and to hear God and to have these educational experiences with God, Every area of my life has dramatically improved. You know, I retired financially. I'm financially set for the rest of my life. Retired at the age of 56. My marriage has improved. My health is getting better. Uh, my relationships have been getting better. But the most important relationship that it continues to improve and get better and better and to actually kind of uh, surprise me is the miraculous experience that I experienced with God within my mind. And then something that's not just for me, I'm no super uh, superior being compared to you. Me and you are brothers and sisters. You see what I'm saying? In other words, if you're a female, I'm your brother. You're my sister. If you're a male, well, I'm your brother. You see what I'm saying? But the reality is we're all gods, lowercase g again. But the, the, the question that we must ask ourselves is, are we experiencing it? In other words, have we taught our minds to be able to function according to the original purpose for which God created it? Remember, there's primarily two reasons. First of all, the original purpose that God created the human mind is to house himself within it as a presence. And then, of course, the reason for that housing of the presence is to teach you when you're present, when you're attentive to what God is speaking, revealing, and teaching you regarding what His will is for every area of your life. So until the next episode, stay encouraged and stay blessed. I'll see you in the next one.